Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. This is Marcus Sheridan, author of They Ask, You Answer, a revolutionary approach to inbound sales, content marketing, and today's digital consumer. And you are listening to Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. Hello and welcome to this hopefully short-lived series that will be airing in addition to the weekly marketing book podcast interviews. I'm your host, Douglas Burdett, and my goal during this unusual time is to reconnect you with past guests on the Marketing Book Podcast, share some ideas and inspiration, and maybe a much-needed laugh or two. I've interviewed over 200 authors on the show, and my plan is to continue this series until I either run out of authors or quarantine, whichever comes first. A word of warning, the host and guest may very likely be drinking cocktails during these conversations. I mean, come on. They are recorded during the cocktail hour. To find the show notes for each episode with pictures of each guest and links mentioned in their conversation, visit marketingbookcocktails.com marketingbookcocktails.com. See what I did there? And if you'd like to join the conversation, email a voice recording to me at douglas at salesartillery.com and I'll try to include it in a future episode. I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat. So Marcus Sheridan, welcome to Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. Unique times, my friend. Yes, Unique times. absolutely. And I, my first question should be, how are you? You're doing okay, right? You and the family. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We're, I mean, we uh, we live on on we live on a farm, and uh, so been blessed uh, to you know to be able to to live our country life here in the northern neck of Virginia. You know, and um, my companies, especially my pool company, was not shut down yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, knock on wood there, and I feel so much for the ones that were. But um, surprisingly, we're we're doing really well in terms of lead flow, in terms of sales right now. Um, so, so we're not doing that bad. It's interesting on the pool side. Just as a side note, um, a lot of people are saying, "Well, we've got to stay home, and my kids are stuck home with me, and I got to figure out something for them to do." And so therein lies the uh, the demand of swimming pools all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, Marcus, I hate to do this to you, but I was wondering like, if in 60 seconds you could remind folks of your story because I tell your story at least once a week to somebody. Because <laughs> so, it, it related yeah, to pools. Of course, of course. I started in 2001 uh, out of college um, with uh, a swimming pool company with two business partners in Virginia. And um, we were really small. But, you know, we fought and we made it happen and we grew. And then 2008 and 2009 happened and we thought we were going to lose the business and we thought we were going to file for bankruptcy. And that's when I really learned about inbound marketing, content marketing, social, digital, all that stuff. And really what I interpreted from all that I read was, you know what, Marcus, if you just obsess over your customers' questions and their fears, their worries, their concerns – 
and you're willing to address those on your website through text, through video, and the way that you teach it and the way that you sell it, you might save your business. And so that's what we did. Uh, we essentially became the Wikipedia of fiberglass swimming pools. And uh, today we have the most traffic swimming pool website in the world. And, um, you know, we usually get about three quarters of a million visitors a month. And that was amazing. And I started to write about that um, some years back as I was doing it, right about the same time, really. And that led to me being invited to speak places and led to me uh, being asked by companies to teach them how to do it. Uh, this thing that we call the Ask You Answer. And so that's why today I have an agency of almost 70 employees. I've got uh, a speaking business, and then I've still got the swimming pool company, but we're manufacturing pools as well today because the brand got so big. And so it's been an amazing ride. And what's funny about what we're going through right now, Douglas, is that I always tell people that 2008, other than my wife and four kids, was the greatest blessing of my life. And it forced me at the time to do something that I didn't really realize it, but we did something that hadn't been done in the pool industry. And we did something that I probably wouldn't have done had I not been feeling all the pain that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And that is the beauty of pain. It forces us outside of that thing that we call a comfort zone to do things that we probably knew inherently that we should have already been doing, but we, we were not. That was a great game changer for me. Mm. Well, speaking of game changers, I've heard some people say that, you know, people don't change that much, uh, which is, you know, true, and that people aren't really going to change all that much. But uh, what we're going through now with this coronavirus, it's an accelerant. It's going to really speed up a lot of things. And there are certain things that are going to happen that maybe had been getting a foothold, but are really taking root. From your perspective, you know, I, I'm asking you to, to tell the future, which uh, is always uh, makes some people nervous. But what, if you had to guess, what do you think some of the things are as it relates to sales and marketing? I'm all about this right now. What, I'm all in on this question. What, what do you think is about it a ton? What, so let what, me let me just looking back, just people are going to say happens, what right? what happened. What ha they're going to look back and say this watershed moment. All right. By far, the the biggest. Um, accelerator is going to be virtual selling and it's not even close. So what do I mean by that? Let me give you a few different examples of how this manifests itself. Um, for probably two years, I was telling my sales team at River Pools, you know, you guys really should probably just do video based sales calls. Like why do we have to travel to the house? Of course, the answer was, well, you need to see the yard, and this is the way it needs to be, and, and this is the way everybody does it. I'm like, eh, I'm just not buying it. I'm just not buying it. But did we do it? No. But lo and behold, COVID-19 comes, and suddenly we have an amazing, amazing sense of urgency. And immediately I put on our website where they have to – where they can request a quote for a pool, I – give an option of would you like a virtual sales experience or not right so in other words do you do you want to do this virtually by video or do you want to do this by us coming out to your house now granted it's skewed right now because of what's going on out there but i'm in virginia and we're still able to install pools and um roughly 100 percent of the people are saying let's start virtually 
this is something I've known we should do for years, Douglas, but now we're doing it and there's massive demand for it. And already I can tell you that my sales team is saying, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Why is it amazing? Because they can do now three or four sales appointments in a day and still eat dinner with their family that night. Mm. Whereas when I sold pools for seven years of my stinking life, I was driving two hours on average to an appointment. I was in the home for two to three hours, driving two to three hours back. Now, how often did I have dinner with my wife and kids those days? Very rarely, if ever. And so this is a huge, massive shift, and I cannot wait. So in a year from now, here's my prediction. Let's assume for a second that we've gotten past COVID in a year. I could pretty much guarantee you that at least at worst case, 50% of our sales appointments will be virtually based. That's with home improvement. Now, that's like the first appointment or because at some point you are going to have to go to their Ah, yes, you will. But can you eliminate that too, Douglas? So what else did we do as part of the – you see, pain breeds innovation. And so, of course, my sales team said, yeah, but we need to see – uh, the property, when you get the plat, I said, well, can we have them send the plat? That's the dimensions of the house and the, you know, in the backyard and the and property lines. Could we have them send it to us beforehand? Well, we found out the answer is definitely yes. And what we did, now check this out, is we created a video that teaches homeowners how to take photos of their driveway, side yard, and backyard as we would see it ourselves if we went out to the house, so as to be able to give them essentially a definitive price on a virtual sales call. Mm. Now, do we still go out just to make sure and check the yard, just make sure? Yes, currently, but I don't think it's 100% necessary if the photos are right. And people are doing what we are have taught them to do. So there's a set of 10 photos that they take. They're doing that. And it's just amazing. It's amazing what will happen. Now, that's just one example. Let me show you another uh, another example that I think um, is so critical. And, and I just got to give everybody some, some quick advice on this. Right now, if the homepage of your website says the same thing it said 45 days ago, you're off track. You're missing opportunities and you're not in touch with – certainly they ask you answer and what the marketplace is thinking. So every homepage right now should have three things that it probably doesn't currently have that are front and center. So what are they? The first one is a headline statement that empathizes with what is happening in the world, acknowledges the situation, and it basically says, yes, this is what's going on. Okay. Now, second thing is – some type of indication of whether or not your business is open and how it's open. That's number two. Number three, all the different ways a potential customer can communicate and engage with you. So a perfect example of this, and viewers won't be able to see this unless they open it up as they're listening to this, is YaleAppliance.com. YaleAppliance.com. Now, Yale, if you go to their website – What are you going to find right now? Um, They're going to say as a headline, during these trying times, we are here for you. So 
during these trying times, there's the empathy. It acknowledges what's happening. We are here for you. It acknowledges that they're still open. Okay? And then they show you five very clear, essentially, buckets. Total focus of the homepage. First bucket um, talks about looking for an in-store appointment. Well, we can only do three right now at a time, but you can schedule that if you want to. So you're like, okay, I was wondering if I could go into the store. I can do that. Next one says, we have opened up our phone lines so that you can call us from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. every night, seven days a week right now. Mm, mm -hmm. So their entire sales staff is manning the phones. You would never believe if I told you, but I'm going to tell you, how many phone calls they're getting a day. A hundred and thirty a day. And, and that's now, how many would they normally get? <laughs> not that. In terms, these are real buyers. These are people ready to buy. Not service calls. 130 people a day wanting to ask questions about product. Okay. Okay. Which is which is tremendous. They have their chat, live chat, now open with a real person. 8 a.m. to 9 p.m., 13 hours in a day. They have given you the ability to do a, sh um, a showroom tour by cell phone. Okay? Super simple, but once again, addressing a need. And you can buy directly through their website. What's my point? They are showing you every way you can engage them and buy without friction. Fast and furious. It's beautiful. And this is how you know Steve is staying in front of everything that's happening. And you can be rest assured, many of those things he's going to carry with him later, after the fact. Let me give you some more examples of what this might look like. And we'll include a link to uh, River Pools and Spas and Yale Appliance. And at, at You can the, find this at – you can find, by the way, what I just described as your homepage messaging. You can find it on River Pools right now as well. Okay, great. So, if you go to the River Pools website, you're going to see a very clear and definitive headline. Once again, these are the things that people want to know. Our headline says, create a staycation in your backyard. Find joy in turbulent times. We are here for you. Mm -hmm. So it gets them thinking about the staycation component, which I'm going to be home. I'm not going to go on vacation. I can't travel. I might as well create a staycation in my backyard. We recognize these are turbulent times. So we're saying find joy in turbulent times. We're here for you. Yes, we're open for business. And then once again, we give them the ways that they can immediately contact us. Mm -hmm. And we also say, and yes, by the way, swimming pools are safe from COVID-19. And they've done some studies on this. And so uh, we've written an article about that as well. And so my point is, we need to be addressing these now, but a lot of these best practices that we're doing right now are not going to go away. Another example of what a lot of people are going to start to see with websites is because you can't necessarily go into the showroom or don't want to meet with them directly, they have to be, give, be willing to give you even more information on the front end during that digital vetting period. This is going to happen through self-selection tools and through pricing calculators and the like. So for example, you know, we're a fiberglass pool manufacturer. Most manufacturers never um, talk about pricing because they don't set the pricing. Well, that's dumb because the marketplace wants to know. And for us, we're a B2B to C company. 
we sell to a dealer who sells to who excuse me, we sell to a dealer who sells to a homeowner, right? Mm-hmm. We are also selling to homeowners ourselves in our local Virginia area here, right? And so understanding this, we're like, we know people would like to build and essentially build out their swimming pool project and price it out online without talking to somebody. Do we allow them to do that? Absolutely. How do we do that without getting ourselves in trouble? We give a really solid price range as to where the homeowner could expect to be. So even though I can't give an exact price because one of my dealers might be pricing something differently than somebody else, we at least do it in such a way that we're giving them more than anybody else is willing to give them in our space. Because of that, major trust. And it's a huge cash cow when it comes to lead generation. Because people are just like, wow, I can finally get much more detailed pricing information without talking to a salesperson. That's going to become prolific as we go forward with many, many um, organizations and industries. Another thing that we're going to see that's not going to um, go away, that's going to become more prolific, is anything that your sales team currently does, specifically with making recommendations to a prospect for any particular service or product that you sell, that's going to be replicated online. So, for example, you might look at that and say, what do you mean by that? So, let's say – let's just use an example of a a SaaS product like HubSpot, right? Mm -hmm. So, HubSpot, in the past, they might have shown, okay, here's our three different types of HubSpot you can choose, and here's the differences between them. But what they haven't done well is replicate the questions – that the sales team would be asking you if you're on a sales call right now that allowed the salesperson from HubSpot to say, so based on what you've said, it looks like you need to be using the professional version of our package or the basic version of our package. See, that's called self-selection. The process of asking the questions that the salesperson would have asked, but doing it on the website where it's self-guided Mm-hmm. You put in the answers, and based on the answers you put in, they're able to output what the recommendation is. So an example of one that I'm working on with my pool company right now is what is the best swimming pool shape and size for my backyard? Okay? So let's say um, uh, let's say you're a marketing agency, right? B2B service-based business. You know, it might be, you know, what is the right um, – a digital marketing strategy for my business right now, right? So that's the headline. And then through a series of questions, the prospect could identify through your website what your salesperson would have told them after a series of phone calls. See, that's virtual selling, and that's where we're all headed. A lot of companies are going to push back on this, and a lot of sales teams especially are going to push back on that. But it's dumb to push back on reality. This is what buyers want and it's being dramatically accelerated because of COVID-19. Yes, and I seem to recall you have some questions like that on uh, the Impact website, your agency. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've been in front of this because, you know, I've been I've been dreaming about this in my sleep now for, you know, three or four years, right? I never realized COVID would happen, but – I'm always seeking to meet the buyer where they are, not where I would prefer them to be. Mm-hmm. That is the essence, really, of the Ask You Answer, right? And so many of us should have already been prepared 
in many ways, for this massive accelerator that we've now had to go through towards virtual selling because the writing has been on the wall. We've just been pushing against it. Now you can't push against it. Yes, yes. So you'll look back on your career, uh, you know, as these uh, what were otherwise low points like the financial crash and, and COVID is two things that um, uh, brought about a lot of uh, change in your life and in the way that we all uh, market and, and sell. So, Marcus, what are some tips that people could use tomorrow <laughs> as it relates to you know, uh, using Zoom and virtual sales calls. I remember a couple of weeks ago, you posted something on your LinkedIn uh, profile about how you were doing a, a virtual workshop. And I had to smile because I think you said the very first thing you did was show everyone how to hit the mute button. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, in this virtual um, communication and uh, video conferencing world, that we're now a part of. It's very, very important that people understand there's best practices. And you can't assume that everybody's going to understand them unless you teach them. Mm -hmm. It's foolish not to teach. We reap what we sow, good or bad. Right? So if I'm going to be a I'm going to if I'm going to deliver a tremendous experience for my audience, my you know, virtual attendees, I'm going to set the right tone. And so, in the case of this particular group, it was 20-some people. We wanted it to be interactive. Most of them had not used Zoom before. And so, the first thing that I did is I said, we want this to be a great experience. And so, I want everybody to look to the bottom left of your screen. What you'll see there is a symbol for a microphone. If you click on that, it'll mute you. I want everybody to mute yourself right now. And so, I watch all the, the, the mute symbols pop up. Now, two people, it didn't pop up. So I was able to call those people out, not in a, not in an ugly way, just in a in a hey Jeff, I see you weren't able to do that. Can you find it on your screen? And then Jeff was a little bit slow, but then he, he was able to find it. Boom, Jeff got it, and then another person um, got it. Now everybody understood it, right? And so because because everybody understood that, they were more. Um, it literally was a flawless call. In fact, I even told everybody. Said I said, now I want you to talk out loud as you're muted. And I want you to see what happens. And of course, Zoom tells you, hey, you're muted. And this way you know that you're muted if you if you if you have something to share. And also said to them, now, when I call on you, I want you to unmute yourself at that time. But as soon as you're done, as soon as you're done with your answer, go ahead and mute yourself back. Now, could I have done that as the organizer? Yeah, I just don't want to think about a bunch of things at one time. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, as a professional communicator, do this for a living. If you set the right expectations, it's amazing what will happen. It's the same thing if you start doing virtual selling, right? If you say, if you sell through video conferencing, which we're all going to be doing more and more and more. I mean, look, I live in the sticks. I live in the country. And finally, finally, lo and behold, my doctor's office who we could never get an appointment in before because they're too busy. Now all of a sudden they're offering virtual, um, uh, virtual appointments, doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy now to do this. Now, some of the other companies have, were already in front of this, but local mom and pop doctor's offices were not. Now they are too, because they've been forced to do that with COVID. And so the idea that everybody's not going to become very quickly familiar with having these types of conversations um, through video is naive. Even older 
folks, even the elderly, because they're going to be using those apps so they don't have to go to the doctor's office, but still chat with their doctor. This is what we we all have to understand. And so because of this, there's a set of best practices there too. Let me just give you like one or two. Please. One of the most significant ones is that when you – when you invite somebody to have a, a virtual um, sales call with you, you want to set the expectations the right way. This is really, really fundamental. What I mean by that is, number one, you don't want to assume that they know how to use the platform. Even though many are going to know, don't assume. So an example of this is I'll ask somebody, so we're going to do a video conference through a platform called Zoom. Have you used that before? If they say, not really, or no, I'm going to send a link to a very simple video that explains how to use Zoom, a tutorial. Quick, fast, but enough for them to watch and say, okay, I understand. Because I don't want to have issues once they get on the call. I'm going to knock that out of the way, right? And they're going to see how easy it is with that simple tutorial. Could they go find it themselves? Yes, but I've already found one that's quick, that's easy to understand, that's effective. So setting the expectation so that they know how to use the platform, not assuming that they know how to use it, is really smart. Another way you set expectations, and this is very, very important, is that you tell them, and let's just assume that you were the prospect, Douglas, and we were going to have a virtual sales call on Friday. I would say to you, now, Douglas, this call that we're going to do, it's going to be through a video conferencing tool called Zoom. Now, it's important in this call that you have your video camera turned on. I'm going to have mine turned on as well. The reason why I'm going to do that is because this allows you to see me, to see my face, and to get to know me as a person because we're going to be working together a lot in the future. It's also important that I see you in your face. The reason for that is because I'm going to be presenting you with ideas that you may or may not understand. I'm going to ask you questions that you may or may not know. And as I do that, I want to make sure that I can see if I need to explain it or say it better. So by us having both of our cameras on, we're going to have a dramatically more effective experience together. Will you make sure to turn your camera on for our appointment on Friday? Notice at the end, I have a clear invite, right? Mm -hmm. So with that clear invite at the end and clearly explaining the value proposition, of turning the camera on, then I won't have the issue that almost every salesperson has had that has ever done any type of video conferencing for sales. And that is if someone has their camera turned off, closing rates and meeting efficacy plummets, <laughs> literally plummets for obvious reasons. But if they don't have their camera on, they're not all in. Okay. And so there's a good chance they're sitting there, not focused, looking at their phone. We've all done it. You all know exactly what I'm talking about. And so they've done the studies on this. They clearly know at a, at a minimum that turning both cameras on lead to at least a 10% increase in closing rates. That's a fact. It's not me speculating. That's an actual fact. And so it's little things like this that make all the difference to have effective calls. One last one that I'll mention is when you do have a virtual call with somebody, because most people haven't really experienced it, or let's say, like me, my my competitors aren't necessarily doing virtual sales calls. And so if a prospect meets with us virtually, they might not know what to expect. So once again, you want to set expectations at the beginning of the call as well, stating what is the purpose of this call, right? And so you want to be very clear 
that you know what will make this call successful is by the end here's the things that we're going to make sure that we know this is what our goal is this is what we're trying to achieve now they know what they're working towards you might have known already as the salesperson or as the as the helper the communicator whatever whatever you're acting as in that moment but they don't know don't assume that they know and so by setting that bar that expectation everybody knows and has something to work towards that makes all the difference again it's the little things that make the biggest difference and the, and one of the last ones I'll I'll say is is your facial gesticulations especially your smile and your consistent smile is dramatically more important when you're doing a video call than when you're doing a regular face-to-face meeting in real life the reason for that is because for the most part, they're probably not seeing you um, below your chest, right? So your chest high, which means most of the focus is on your face at that point. Mm-hmm. You can't even do hand gesticulations as well as you would like to do that, right? And so you want to make sure that you elevate the energy with that smile. What's really, really cool about using a tool like Zoom is you're never going to have now more opportunities to observe and watch yourself in communication situations, sales situations, and Say things like, wow, I've got a terrible resting bee face when I'm not talking. Or, oh, gee, why am I answering it that way? Or, you know, I could have opened it better. Or why is my energy what it is? My posture is not great. And sales managers, this is a dream for them because they can watch these calls too because they can be recorded, right? And so by watching recorded calls, now you can essentially accompany, put that in quotes, your sales team and give better feedback more so than you've done probably ever. Very, very exciting. These things, again, are not going to go away. They're just going to grow. Well, Marcus, let me ask you, what happens when the prospect says, oh, no, I don't want to use my camera? I mean, that seems to reveal something to me that I'd like to know early on right up front, but what, how do you respond to that? Um, yeah, so if somebody says, I don't want to use the uh, my camera, I say, so can you help me understand why specifically you don't want to use your camera? <laughs> mm, excellent. But do you notice how I'm, I'm going to put it back on them? I'm not going to be a jerk, but I'm saying, can you help me understand why specifically you don't want to use your camera? In a non-accusatory but, way, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's not accusatory, but I want to understand. So, because there could be situations where somebody says something that is a very legitimate reason why they would not. There's going to be other situations where they they might say, uh, and that's the reason why I preface the commitment, the invite of, will you make sure to have your camera on for our appointment on Friday? That's the reason why I preface with the why. I say why it's so important that they see me and why it's so important that I see them and how it will lead to a more effective meeting. Once you do that, it's very difficult for somebody to say, "Um, no, I don't want a more effective meeting. Because that's what they're essentially saying right. now that you've explained the why. You know, this reminds me of this concept I learned uh, from this book and this guy I know uh, <laughs> called appointment selling. And I love telling that appointment selling story. And let me just tell it quickly because I know you've told yeah. it uh, 10,000 times. But at one point, uh, you were wondering, you know, why – because you, earlier you talked about you'd drive two hours, you'd spend three hours with the prospect, you'd two hours home, you wouldn't see the family, all that sort of thing. And one day you were probably thinking, why do some people buy and others don't? And the number 30, as I recall, comes up because you figured out that 
those prospects that had visited at least 30 pages on your website were uh, buying from you. They were much more involved. They're much more engaged yeah. and, and, and educated. So that led to the appointment selling where – I know I'm skipping some of the details, but – uh, it's it's in the Marcus Sheridan lore, okay? So you sent them uh, – when someone would say, hey, we want you to come out and see us, and you'd say, great, uh, we're going to send you a little ebook right now on everything you need to know about buying a fiberglass pool, and we're also going to sh- send you a short video um, what the process is and, and what, you know, what, what, what happens. And uh, we're going to call you back the day before the appointment. And if you haven't had a chance to read the ebook and watch the video, uh, that's not a problem. We'll just reschedule. And as I recall, maybe only four or five people ever push back against that. And then once you had these educated prospects and they were engaged and they read those things, you all started closing at like 79% on, on, uh, on visits. Do, do I yeah. have that about? Most yeah, right. yeah, 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 and and just so everybody knows, it's a, and it's an easy mistake to make. It's the actual name is assignment selling, right? So, oh, what did I call it? You call it appointment, but that's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, no, that's all right. So, well, this is so a cocktail ass- hour, so you know. Yes, well, of course, and by this point, we're all inebriated anyway on <laughs> quarantine juice. So the the thing about it is, the assignment is the homework that you're giving them. And by you giving them homework, some really cool things happen. So, for example, they show how serious they are. They also, by learning these things, you've now eliminated the redundant questions that you hear over and over again in sales appointments that drive you crazy, Mm -hmm. right? That make you roll your eyes and make you think, oh my goodness, how do they not know this? Oh my gosh. So, So now you spend less time teaching, more time selling, right? And... When you are a great teacher and you've taken the time to produce content, it gives you the right to ask prospects to do things that those folks that have not taken the time to be great teachers, they don't have the right to do this. But you do because you're the teacher. That establishes you as the authority. It allows you to ask them to do these things. And it puts them closer to buying from you. That's the whole mindset of assignment selling. It's magical. It's powerful. And it's even more important now because with virtual selling, it means they have to do more legwork, the prospect themselves. You're not going to have a three-hour virtual call probably with somebody. And so you want to eliminate those redundancies before that initial call. Mm -hmm. So Marcus – Live events. I've seen you speak at a number of live events, and you all have a digital sales and marketing world. Was that uh, rescheduled? Did you all move that back, or was it originally? Yeah, so it's 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 right now um, scheduled for essentially dis, uh, December first and second. And uh, obviously, it's my great hope that we will still be able to have it this year. Who knows what uh, the future holds for for any of us? But we're going to do everything we can to have it. We've got an amazing community um, at Impact, and we'll probably have about a thousand people there. And I think it's going to be tremendous. Well, I hope that by then we can all be uh, going to things like that and uh, attending. And uh, also, uh, your uh, Impact's uh, conference that we're talking about was mentioned in David Merman Scott's most recent book, Fanocracy. And I uh, spoke to him a few days ago, and he reminded me of the book that you, I think, are still 
planning to um, have it go on sale. The visual sale, is that still on yeah, for this spring? Yeah, the, 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 I, I put a slight delay on it because it was it went to the publisher when COVID hit. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to write a section on virtual selling. And we're going to do a section on virtual events because it's about it's about creating a culture of video within your organization. Yeah. And um, and I was like, wow, this is just too important not to really include these things. So I'm going to be talking about that. So I'm 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 adding that section, and it's uh, essentially going right back to the publisher now, and should be out in a couple couple months. Mm-hmm. Good for yep. you. That's yep. that's going to be enormously yep. so helpful. Check it out. The visual sale. It's going to be great. My co-author is. I'm Tyler Dupre from uh, Vidyard, and so we're we're very excited about it because it's very needed right now. Absolutely, and I know a guy with a podcast where he interviews these authors of new marketing and sales books. Yeah, I've, I've heard of this. Yeah, so. I boy, I I, I know that uh, his listeners would really appreciate uh, you coming back to the Marketing Book Podcast to do that. Well, listen. Marcus, uh, your book, They Ask You Answer, I've interviewed about you about it twice, the first edition and the second edition. It's one of my all-time favorite books. I can't stop talking about it. I'm excited about <laughs> your, your next book. And I do hope that uh, you and the family uh, continue to stay uh, safe and healthy, and I really appreciate you joining us on this, hopefully, limited-time series of authors yes. in quarantine getting cocktails. Absolutely. Appreciate you, Douglas. All right, everybody, last call. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.